0: Disclaimer. Please do not email us about the historical inaccuracies we are sure to make. We are not historians. We are idiots. max i'm jackie i'm noel uh and we were going to have a special guest this episode but they unfortunately could not make it last minute so we're gonna have them on in a future episode and this one we're just gonna have uh two stories instead of our usual three
1: um
0: my story is about how spices were used in diets and medicine uh historically in europe at least
1: uh mine is going to be a continuation from last week's story because i found a very uh Intriguing uh, deception tactic used by the uh, the British during World War II called Operation Mince Meat. Oh, what uh, was it about meeting some mints? No.
0: Was it about spicing up their war?
1: No, but there was some preservation going on.
0: Of uh, meats.
1: Ah, uh, well, if you consider human meat, then yes.
0: We'll get to that later. <laughs> Oh, did someone get pickled again?
1: Yeah. Oh, uh, not quite pickled, but...
0: Kind of pickled.
1: Kind of pickled.
0: Uh, I'll get us started. In Europe, from the 1400s to like the 1600s, 1700s, the Galenic system was what we would call conventional medicine for the time. It was named for the second century Greek physician Galen, who just sidebar, started his career as what was basically an ER doctor for gladiators, and eventually worked his way up to ministering to Caesars. So interesting guy. i sure we could do a whole. I could do a whole uh, story on him. But just a side note in this one. Um, so the Galenic system ascribed health to a delicate balance of four points. Uh, these four points map themselves onto a lot of things. Uh, the most prominent being the four bodily humors. You know, phlegm, bile, blood, and black bile, uh, which you know supposedly made up a person's temperament and health. Is it poop? Black, black bile? bile. No, it's it's black bile. <laughs> Poop is not ble- is not bile; it's a different thing. Even, even then, they knew that poop was just poop.
2: But in uh, modern medicine, is there black bile and yellow bile? Are they different things?
0: Yeah, yeah, there's different things. Like, I think I'm not a I'm not a doctor.
2: Okay, I was just wondering if black bile was like a euphemism for something else. It's
0: not a euphemism for poop, but I think it's just a different kind of bile. Mm. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, I did not do research on what exactly those humors are because they're like definitely like. Pretty made up. Pretty made up. Uh, we'll know that they're like phlegm is real, blood is real, bile is real, black bile is real. I didn't look up like what they are in actual medicine because mm. that wasn't really the point of, of my research. Okay. Um, but everyone had would have like more of one of these humors to some degree, like the one predominant humor, and that would be like that person's personality and abilities and
1: things. So if they were like fiery or passionate, they were assumed to have more blood. No, actually. Fire, you're passionate, was, um,
0: sorry, sang- so blood was the sanguine humor, which is optimistic. If you're feeling really optimistic, you got a shitload of blood. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, choleric is
1: bile, a yellow bile, which
2: is... Bursting at the seams with optimism.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, just soldier on the battlefield looking at all the blood, it's like, I think I can make this.
0: <laughs> I think I can pull through. <coughs> now, he would be feeling bad because he lost a lot
1: of his blood. Uh-huh. Ooh. Yeah.
2: I bruise so easily. This is going to be a great day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Looks like the body's half empty. <coughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So, yeah, they would be sanguine, lots of blood, optimistic, choleric, yellow bile, irritable, phlegma- phlegmatic, lots of phlegm, calm, or melancholic, black bile, sad. Okay. Depending on what was their most prominent humor. So, more than just, uh, fluids, each humor had their own cardinal direction, season, age of man, period of the day, cardinal saints, flavor, and more.
2: Oh my god, they're reading too much into this.
0: Oh, like, the beauty of this system was because it had no grounding in science, it, it, it was a perfect map to anything you could think of, by <laughs> definition. <laughs> Favorite
1: um, beetle. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, uh, if the Beatles had been around, yeah, if you, if you were, uh... You know the sanguine people would be all be Ringos, for example. It's
2: like a BuzzFeed quiz.
0: A little bit, uh, I mean, kind of, because um, when <laughs> physicians were called, the first thing they did was diagnose the person's prevalent humor by do by talking to their family and friends, by like asking them about like their the day they were born, uh, way, 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 um, how old they were, what the quality of like air was there,
1: family history, family history. Do they have a history of being sanguine? Kind of, yeah.
0: They'd be like, "Hey, is hey, 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 Mr. Joe's brother. Hey, is this guy like really happy or sad or calm or or uh, anything?" Well, he's a mix of all four. No, that doesn't sound right. Now, which one is he? <laughs> I mean, um, that
2: doesn't sound like totally the wrong thing to do.
0: Uh, I mean, like modern, you know, medicine is built upon foundations, and like there is some stuff that, like, yeah, it kind of sounds right because. You know, eventually modern medicine like like found the stuff that worked and kept it, and discarded the stuff that didn't. They would, you know, do this thing, find their prevalent temperament, and try and balance the humors as much as they. We got to pop
2: some more blood in this guy.
0: Yeah, well, they would let blood. Everyone knows about bloodletting. This guy's got too much blood. He's too optimistic. We got to let some of that blood out, otherwise it could do un- do him harm. So you, you so you let out some blood, and hey hey people feel feel all feel more tired and like unhappy when they have less blood. It works. <laughs>
2: Pump some bile into this man Right so
1: <laughs> He died Why did you lie to me <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, So yeah So you could let out blood But other humors Were more difficult to access So someone who is overly phlegmatic You can't just have them like Cough up all their phlegm um, So if someone's overly phlegmatic And their flavors In this case would be cold and moist Right With
2: Their um, flavors?
0: Yes the flavors of phlegm Of the phlegmatic temperament oh Are cold and moist so they would have their, their temperament corrected with food that was hot and dry, like mustard and cinnamon. This would increase their choleric humors, their temperament would be balanced, and they'd you know, feel better, presumably. But as you might have surmised, the definition of diet was a lot broader then than it is now, um, which, and included things like air quality, exercise, sexual activity, emotional state, and more. So our phlegmatic patient might be prescribed cinnamon and pepper, or they could also get more choleric humans by standing in a hot, dry wind, exercising vigorously, or just getting super angry.
1: <laughs> Pinch his toes until he sits up and tries to beat you away. <laughs> his life depends on it!
0: Uh, so there was a lot that went into any given diagnosis and treatment, as these four points covered... Basically everything that could go into someone's life. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, only doctors had access to the texts that taught you the system of medicine. So you'd have to come in, do this whole analysis, um, all this sort of thing. But then along comes the printing revolution of Gutenberg and the Reformation. And all of a sudden, not only are books way cheaper, but little literacy is raised enormously because people are expected to read their scriptures themselves. Um, so from the 1470s to the 1650s, the market is suddenly flooded with you know, Bible pamphlets and shit, but also diet books. And much as we, like, watch our carbs and sugar today, health-conscious people became obsessed with balancing their dietary humors. So, like, there were diet books over the time that were like, oh, yes, well, if you're going to be cooking fish, that's dangerously moist and wet. And since most of what everyone eats in Europe right now is fish, make sure to pepper it, pepper it squarely, or else you'll die. (laughs) But yeah, there was uh, there was uh, like the line between like cooking and healthy like super blurry, and like people didn't have time to like balance everything. And how you know how how could they figure it out? Like chicken, for example, to take an example, might be too sanguine because of its airy temperament. So you couldn't eat it in the spring because you'd get too much blood and die. (laughs) Uh, see, so, um, pepper might be too fiery, um, if you are a phlegmatic person. turns might be too dry and cold for an old man with a young wife. Um, that's a specific example I found, and yes, it's gross. Um, so the diet guides, like, had solutions to all of this, um, though the specifics sort of vary from author to author, because, as this you may realize, this is all just fucking completely made up, <laughs> with no testing behind it, um... So, the most frequent advice, like I mentioned with fish and pepper, is to use the appropriate spice to temper a dish with the appropriate seasoning to make it digestible. Oh, sidebar. So, you know how I talked about how each humor has its own cardinal season? Mm -hmm. So, the obsession with those seasons is the root of our word seasoning today. And similarly, in Portugal, they still use the verb temperar for to season because they would temper a food with the appropriate spice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, for example, uh, oh, I already said the da- yeah you tempera fishes dangerous moist wetness moist and cold with hot dry pepper. Um, so having an adequate supply of pepper was seen as a public health thing in Europe. So a lot of like spice corporations used that to be like we're to use that to build pepper monopolies and really like get hand over fist the price of pepper up. Um, if you wanted a more careful adjustment you could combine different spices for the right balance pepper was seen as more hot than cinnamon cinnamon was seen as more dry than pepper so you put them together you get a little more more, more nuance to your to your spicing so yeah they had they had dishes like cinnamon pepper fish which today sounds fucking crazy
2: i'm not going to knock it till i try it yeah I, mean,
0: I, yeah I find i found some recipes that i kind of want to check out get those humors back in balance look man i've got way too much blood <laughs> Um,
2: which which recipes do you want to check out?
0: Uh, well, so there's this um, peppered fish, which peppered and cinnamon fish, which looks interesting to say the least. Like
2: pepper fish is normal. It hey, was um, cinnamon fish. I don't know. I've mm-hmm. never thought of it before.
0: Yeah, I, it's it's weird. It's been around for centuries. It's, it's ancient <laughs> wisdom, Jackie. You okay. gotta try it. I
2: will. Tell me when you're gonna make it, and I will okay, be there. Okay, bring a side salad.
0: Um, so most of the recipes I dug up for this are crazy ones, which you wouldn't eat unless you were, like, suffering from the plague. And I'll get to those in a minute.
2: Okay. Um, That's what I want to hear.
0: I know, I'm getting there. <laughs> so you could also use uh, more cheaply available garlic or salt, but if you're of the upper classes, that wouldn't do it. Uh, so as we all know, my favorite subject is nobles have too much money. Yeah. Uh, in, the, and in, in the view of the world at this point, nobles and commoners aren't just different because of their wealth. They're physiologically different. So food that's good for commoners would make nobles sick, and vice versa. So hence, nobles would turn to finer foods and, frankly, crazier medicines to cure them. (laughs) An Italian nostrum for soothing the heart uh, included gold, silver, pearls, emeralds, sapphires, and other precious stones.
2: Like eating them?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Eat some rocks. Along with with cinnamon, cloves, aloeswood, saffron, cardamom, amber, coriander, cloves, camphor, and musk, which were then ground, mixed with sugar, and taken in wine.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. If you're like, we got like uh, some heartburn. Just eat a bunch of pearls. He
1: didn't make it. I
2: mean, Uh, you know, spices do have medicinal properties and stuff, mm -hmm. but I can't imagine what like eating emeralds and pearl dust would do to you.
1: Some pretty glittery poops. (laughs) Well, we wouldn't understand because we're not the rich mm-hmm. nobles.
0: That's true. We're the common people. We, if we tried to eat that, it would just make us sick. No, best for us to stick to some thick soups and for the nobles to eat diamonds. <laughs> um, but that's not even the weirdest one I came across. The weirdest remedy I came across is a cure for the Black Plague called badger powder. Mm. Guess, can anyone guess why it's called
1: badger powder?
2: You keep it in a pouch made of badger pelts.
1: Nope. Wrong. You get a giant blender, throw some dehydrated badger in there, turn it into a little badger powder.
2: No one would eat it, so you need to get a servant to badger you repeatedly to eat this thing. Because so fa- it tastes so bad.
0: Mm-hmm. No. So far, nolan has been the closest. Um, giant blenders? Almost. <laughs> In a letter written in 1430, uh, the doctor of King Duarte of Portugal instructs him in how to um, create this fucking crazy medicine. First, you get a badger drunk on wine, filtered through camphor, and blended with a compound of gold, seed pearls, and coral. Hmm. Then you decapitate the badger, Hmm. drain it of its blood, and remove the heart and liver. You mix the blood with two ounces of cinnamon, one ounce of pepper, Half an ounce of verbena, a quarter ounce of ginger or saffron, an eighth of an ounce of cloves, a thirty-second of an ounce of myrrh, a sixteenth of aloe, and a sixty-fourth of an ounce of fine unicorn horn, and then dry it out under a slow sun. Then you stir two ounces of the badger's pulverized heart, liver, and teeth in. Then, to serve, dissolve it in wine. Once the patient drinks it, they have to lie down cover up really warm, like a lot of blankets, and then sweat for six hours without sleeping, eating, or drinking. After that, they can only drink cold water and wet bread. Uh, if the plague persists, you get then bleed them from their leg or arm.
2: This sounds like torture before they die.
0: Yeah, it's pretty bad. And it takes a long time. But that's how you cure a king of plague. Uh, according to the 1430s.
1: I like how in the nobles version of it the there's a one sixty-fourth of an ounce of like unicorn horn and then you know mythical powerful beast and then a badger <laughs> just this <laughs> common woodland nuisance <laughs> they're like all right you gotta eat its heart and its liver pulverize the teeth and then just add a little sprinkly unicorn horn.
0: <laughs> they go into a lot of detail on how to prepare the badger but no detail on where to get the unicorn horn yeah. Oh, you
2: have to buy it from my proprietary shop.
0: Mmm. That probably makes sense. It's probably just like goat horn, all all ground up ma- and painted white to look like unicorn horn.
2: I mean, it's just powder, right? So yeah, it
0: could be anything. anything. <laughs> yeah, could be this. Could be chalk. Yeah, I was gonna say saint bones, but that's harder to get
1: <laughs> than unicorn horn.
0: <laughs> no, I guess not than unicorn horn. <laughs> not harder than the than the bone of a mythical animal. Harder than chalk. <laughs> uh, so other uses for spices included. Um, Women would use spices to dry up their complexions, um, uh, which a lot of uh, preachers of the time railed against and said that it could cause miscarriages if women uh, mixed cinnamon in with vinegar and drank it in order to dry up their complexion. It's not specified what drying up your complexion is, but I imagine it's the same as it is these days, like zits and such. Um, Men would obviously use them as virility cures, because... Everything in history we have tried to use to get our penises to work.
1: Um. Get that badger
0: <laughs> interestingly, bachelors and priests were supposed to avoid spices and uh, eat lots of lettuce, which was cold and moist, uh, so that they wouldn't have an inappropriate balance of humors, but so they would have no way to exercise from them.
1: lest they okay. come they fall into the temptation of eating a badger <laughs> going out for a night on the town. <laughs>
0: Oh, just someone someone's at a bar and they just take out a badger and cut off its head and just pour its blood into a big tanker
1: big stained glass windows of Jesus standing above a fiery pit of badgers
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> look at some point
1: some badger
0: bit a doctor on its butt and that doctor was like you know what I'm gonna show you screw you fuck your whole species <laughs> um Spices were also seen as enhancing mental acuity. It was, quote, common knowledge that sanguine and phlegmatic people were slow-witted and forgetful. Mm -hmm. So if you wanted to be a scholar, you needed to have a dry constitution and eat lots of spices, which, surprise, surprise, uh, was only really uh, doable if you were a noble person or had a shitload of money. Mm. Spices were also used in alchemy. Uh, in the pursuit of a state called Spiritus, which was seen as a melancholically humored transcendental genius that could only be achieved by the
1: incredibly
0: careful balance of micronutrients found in spices. So, we've we've talked about alchemy before on Anachronismo, so alchemy is all about making gold, finding eternal life, and being real smart.
2: (laughs) Oh, what if they only wanted gold to use in their things to keep in their spice smoothies or whatever to keep them, <laughs> <This> <laughs> to keep them so uh dry smart
0: <laughs> okay, i only want to make gold so i can drink it to become smart enough to find the secret of eternal life that's really easy <laughs> that's right it. so first step lead to gold second step super smart third step live forever <laughs> easy peasy
1: um i can imagine that tragedy of though that one noble who just like Eats all of his gold in the hopes that it will <laughs> give him the humors necessary, the humor balance necessary for him to discover the, uh, the way to make infinite amounts of gold. And he just <laughs> eats away all his money. I'm
2: just... so hungry. past the gold. <laughs>
0: He's out on the street holding a sign saying, Ate all my gold. Please give anything else. And then as soon as someone gives him any money, he just pops in. it in his mouth. Real Honey? talk, real Pet? talk. Though, if you eat gold, it does poison you. Yeah, yeah. Mm, but like how much? Like, it does. It breaks down pretty slow. So, if you like swallow like a a gold ring, it'll pass through your system without much harm. But if you're constantly eating gold, it's about as bad for you as eating lead.
2: Mm.
0: Same, okay. same basic idea. Yeah. Honey, pass
1: the gold. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, but what about Goldschlager? That has supposedly real gold in it?
1: It's yeah, not great for you. So if you yeah. drink it every day?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, don't... I mean, like, alcohol's already a poison, so...
0: Yeah, look... Add gold to it. Humans have been poisoning ourselves for recreation for millennia. Yeah.
2: Let's
0: be honest here. Um, nutmeg, for example. Uh, so nutmeg... Um, There's a whole story to be told about the Dutch East India Company's horrifying monopoly that they made on nutmeg that was built on basically enslaving native people to grow nutmeg for them. Mm. Um, But that's a story for another day. Uh, Nutmeg is another one one of the medicinal spices. It was said to um, cure diarrhea, quicken the wits, seize heart palpitations, and strengthen your eyesight. Also, if you eat a lot of nutmeg... You hallucinate, you get uh, super energetic, and then the aftermath is you're super achy and might have a heart attack. So nutmeg, nutmeg was a party drug back in like I think the eighteenth century for French nobility. People would carry around nutmeg grinders and grind nutmeg onto the back of their hand, and they just fucking snort it and then go crazy wild party.
2: I have definitely heard of snorting nutmeg before. Yeah,
0: some people still do it today. People with honestly not great judgment. Because it can kill you.
2: I feel like I saw it on the local news once. Yeah.
0: Honestly, I would say that if you have a choice between, like, nutmeg and cocaine, do cocaine instead. It's not as bad for you as nutmeg is if you take nutmeg as a recreational drug.
1: Hey, we're going to go to the club and drop some N. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: I think cloves can make you go numb.
0: Yeah, n- Cloves are used as an anesthetic, and they have been for centuries. Uh, that was another one on my uh, little list here. Um, cloves uh, are were used especially in dental medicine. You would chew on cloves if you wanted to have like a tooth taken out or a cavity drilled or something for a long time. Uh, even as recently as like 1910, before, they, before Novocaine was in common use, hmm. um, you use cloves to numb uh, your your mouth. Other spices still in use today: uh, pepper, which has many antibiotic properties, um, which. Uh, has also been used to help keep food fresh. You see that in countries that are closer to the equator, their spice use goes up because meat goes bad quicker, and spices help keep it fresh longer. One of the oils in pepper, piperine, which gives it the, it's not its hot taste, but it's flavorful taste, uh, has been found to increase the effectiveness of tuberculosis and chemotherapy medications, oh, cool. allowing the dosage to be lowered to almost half of what it is uh, without using piperine uh, to, uh, to be administered for the same effectiveness. Ginger and cardamom are used to calm nausea. I mean, you've probably had mm-hmm. a ginger ale when you've had a stomach ache. Um, uh, capsaicin from chili peppers is used in arthritis creams and tiger balm. Um, uh, and a study from two thousand six found that less than half a teaspoon a day of cinnamon reduced the blood sugar levels of type two diabetics. And of course, oh, we all know, cool. of, yeah, right. Um, and of course, we all know about the current craze for natural antioxidants, spices, delicious, fragrant may be surprisingly good for you.
1: If used correctly, used and correctly. not mixed with heavy metals and rocks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and whatever badger teeth. <laughs> whatever you do, don't pepper a chicken. You'll have way too
0: much blood. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, you may have noticed in our Twitter and in this episode in the past when I've been talking a lot about spices, um, that is because I've been reading the book The Taste of Conquest by Michael Crondall. That's where I got a lot of this information today and what inspired me to go on uh, the research hunt for this story. Uh, the Taste of Conquest is the story of the three major cities of the spice trade in Europe, um, which are Venice, Lisbon, and Amsterdam, in that order, uh, and their rise and falls. It's um, written by a food author. At, at times it's a little slow, but it's full of a lot of interesting interesting information. And when he does write about food, it really sparkles. Um yeah, if you're if you want to learn more about spices, the spice trade, and in particular the horrific things the Dutch East India, the Dutch East India Company did, check out the Taste of Conquest. Cool. Yeah.
2: So Max, do you want to diagnose our humors? Which one do you think is our uh, our? our uh,
0: oh, okay, okay. Primary one? <laughs> pointer. What was it called? Uh, their uh, your cardinal <laughs> humor, cardinal. I
2: guess. Yeah. Uh,
0: so let's go through them again. Phlegm would be uh, calm. Uh, uh, black bile is melancholic or sad. Sanguine is blood, optimistic, and choleric is uh, yellow bile, irritable. I don't think either of you are choleric.
2: Thank um, you. Correct answer. <laughs> uh,
0: or melancholic. Um, I would say that Noel is pretty phlegmatic. Uh, you know, he's got a—he's pretty even keeled. All right. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jackie, I'd say you're a swang, sanguine person. You're full of blood. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how about me?
2: You know, I think you're a mix of things, mm-hmm. but yeah. I, I would go with, um, bloody as well.
0: Yeah. I got, I got a lot of blood.
2: Yeah. You got a lot of yeah. passions and stuff.
0: Into a lot of shit. Yeah. 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 Pretty bloody Excitable. individual. <laughs> yeah. But I'm constantly bleeding everywhere <laughs> yeah. and no one knows where I keep getting all this blood. <laughs> I eat a lot of chicken, you know.
1: I've seen all those blood bags stored at your house where you say you put the excess blood. <laughs> I got a vampire conga line coming out the back. That would be a support myself.
0: Sight. <laughs> <laughs> vampire conga line. <laughs> Single-handedly yeah, running
1: as... the second-hand blood industry. So, it almost sounded like a medical line, like, you know, like, lined up around the door for, like, to buy blood, but yeah, so instead they're like, just
2: but instead, <laughs> yeah, but instead
1: <laughs> they're <laughs> in a conga line. What? Yeah, but instead they're in a conga line <laughs> instead of a. Uh, that would be a cool way to wait in line for something. Yeah, you wouldn't get tired of it at
0: that all. <laughs>
2: so stressful. Like if the I was midnight
1: waiting for release of like the new iPhone, if everyone in line just you know. Grab the hips of the person in front of them. And did just the conga and conga into the apple drank storm. a bunch of blood.
2: I feel like this would turn into one of those contests where it's like the last person to keep their hand on the car wins the car. Mm. Just cool. people get so irritated from the constant conga. They get
0: very and choleric. Congaing. And then then they would have to have something more phlegmatic or melancholic to to even them out, right? Like the new
1: iPhone X. So so you get in the
0: conga line conga through the store get irritated about having a conga so long eat some fish
2: <laughs> salt down, salt and pepper rain down from the ceiling okay
0: now you're back to being too choleric that's that's that's, that's a problem again
2: <laughs> we got some hot wind going through <laughs> man Best Buy is weird now
0: <laughs> Best Buy really sold out man
2: <sighs> why do they make you eat a thing of lettuce right before you walk in <laughs>
0: They say it's for customer interaction. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, speaking of spices and the mixes thereof in your food, yeah. what was Operation Mince Meat?
1: Well, I will start off by saying that it had nothing to do with spicing meats with, like, either spices or dried fruits. So it's just, a, plain
2: it was just plain
1: badger? It's just plain badger. It is about the British... Uh, planting information on a dead badger and tossing it into the enemy's uh, intelligence agency. No, the, just cut that. Just cut that all that. <laughs> man, that was dumb. Not cutting a single part. Um, Every word's going in. So Operation Mincemeat was a disinformation uh, strategy that the British used in World War II. Um, the operation was to uh, plant false information Uh, for the Germans and the Italians that they were going to be attacking in Greece rather than an invasion of Sicily. Now, the means that they used to disseminate this information...
0: Oh, um... Pies with little little, uh, little letters
1: inside,
2: like a fortune cookie.
1: Just leaving a pie on a window <laughs> so, like this opera intelligence base, mm, or like in a house right outside the intelligence. Base. I hope no Germans steal this hot fresh pie.
2: <laughs> That's where the Georgie Porty rhyme came from. <laughs>
0: wow. Actually, that uh, that rhyme came from King George and um, how he was threatened by naval battles. I think. Ah, I have to look this up.
2: I guess I was thinking more of the song, the one about um, the ravens baked into a pie. Oh,
0: four and twenty blackbirds baked yeah, in a okay. pie. A German operative comes and reads them by. Yeah, that's the one. Mm-hmm.
2: Blackbird is a code name for mm. the, uh, the British people. <laughs> the, the whole British people.
0: Baking British people into a pie and then the Germans come and take them back to their base and they all hop out and yeah. like start shooting guns.
2: Yeah. Like a charging horse. <laughs> <laughs>
1: funny enough this operation was referred to as uh in some circles as a trojan horse but no no gun wielding birds or (laughs) although yeah now the story is never going to live up to this expectation armed (laughs) this It's like all right all right birds we're gonna (laughs) arm you and send you in to enemy lines there's only 24 of you (laughs) and there's millions of them But this entire war is in your hand. Oh dear, we baked them into the pie. They were supposed to go in afterwards. Bake <laughs> into a children's rhyme. No one will know. <laughs> um so no, the actual in this case the armed raven baked into a pie, which none of this is true. It was a dead body that um it was
2: baked into a pie?
1: That was not baked into a pie. There's baked just into a, a
2: bunch of little pies? Nope
1: not even baked into a single pie not many, even
2: many many hand pies i'm
1: going to cut uh, this body was not consumed in any way oh it was not made into it although it was called operation Mincemeat, meat yeah. it is in no way a refer, it, it was actually just a reference to the fact that they found a a poisoned tramp on the streets of london and preserved his body for several months while they decided what to do with his body so they just found a dead dude in london and they're like we can use this for the war. No, actually...
2: There were me- there should have been a lot of dead bodies, yeah.
1: right? So, no, interesting fact that they, this that they did not see the dead body and just go, I've got an idea. <laughs> <laughs> they already had this idea that they were going to uh, use a body to, um, to feed false information, which is, I guess, a common military strategy called a haversack ruse, where I think you just, you know, leave something unintentionally mm. but they um yeah it's just like the unintentional intentional act of leaving just important information for the enemy in a mm. place where they'll find it and then mm. have them rely on it so they like, had a plan like leaving a pie on a window mm. Mm. If the pie is an allegory for a poison dead tramp in london then yes Yes, it is.
2: These people had to leave so quickly, but the pie was too hot to carry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, but no, they they wanted to do this. And it was actually um, funny because, well, funny in the sense that, yes, it was wartime. There were a ton of casualties that they could have used. But the coroner in London said, like, no, we can't, like, we can't just give you the body. Like, there are families that would claim this body. Like, they all have to be accounted for. And so they were just like, all right, well, the first one that shows up that has no family, no one's going to put any claim on it, we're going to use it. And it happened to be a tramp called, uh, it's Welsh, so I don't know if I'm pronouncing this first name right, but Glyndwr Michael, Um, it's a G-L-Y-N-D-W-R.
0: I know that that Welsh is not pronounced the way it looks, Uh, but I do not know how it is pronounced.
1: Alright, we'll call him Bob. No, we should try and <laughs> Glenwer uh,
2: let's say Glenward. It Glindwer. seems pretty disrespectful to just yeah, call him Bob. Yeah.
0: Especially with it's like it's a dying language, no. We gotta we gotta keep it alive when we can.
1: Let's be respectful to Glenwer. Did they bake him into a pie? <laughs> Did they <laughs> cut him up and bake him into twenty pies?
2: But now that I know this man's name, I'm gonna feel bad if I make up another pie joke.
1: Um so this person uh just uh was a tramp who had um it seemed like that they had eaten poison um because apparently it was common to kill rats that they would like bread scraps would be put outside like smeared with poison that looked i guess like a hummus or something and so he wound up eating this poison he died the coroner calls up the military branch and says hey we got this you got your shot now but like you have to uh you have to do it quick cuz we're going to put them in a refrigerator and you have like a time like a countdown of like 3 months before the body's just not going to be uh Useful. Yeah. yeah and the thing is um so they had this they had this body that was being preserved now they knew that they were going to uh put um papers on this body not only um military papers but they were going to put like faked scraps of personal information um just to give like pretty much create a character like create this uh this um like a uh, acting captain i think his the name given was an acting major william martin was going to be this person's name and it was going to be filled with all this uh like war letters from family members as well as uh like a container of uh military like just plans to invade greece so they had this countdown and they had to determine when and where they were going to have this body wash up on shore. Mm-hmm. So they picked that they were going to do Spain uh for several reasons. The first is that uh Spain um was relatively neutral in the war, but they would um they sort of had a uh relationship with German intelligence that they would like oftentimes share information if they came up upon it mm-hmm. but the second one and the one that was i found most fascinating is that part of the reason that they wanted to do, um have the body discovered by the spanish is that a lot of them uh are roman catholics and uh, at the time they uh would not do overly extensive autopsies on bodies um, out of, like, respect for the dead. Not to say that people who are not Roman Catholic don't respect the dead, but it was just, like, a cultural, uh, just a cultural aspect that, unless they absolutely needed to, um, autopsies were not as, uh, or autopsy and forensics were not as invasive. So they decided that they were going to drop this uh, Glindweir or, acting Major Williams Martin off in Spain. Yes.
0: You know what they say, the Glendower in Spain falls mainly
1: on you know the, the shore. shore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wonder if it would also yeah. be
2: helpful to have, like, translate potential translation errors to make anything that seemed a little too obvious mm-hmm. kind of covered up by all the translation. What do you mean? Like, if, if someone from Spain saw... Found this body and mm-hmm. read this paper, translated it from English to Spanish. And then they told the German guy, and they had to translate this oh, thing that I was see. English to Spanish to German. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you like lose some of the suspicion because you're like, oh, that's kind of weird, but maybe it was just a translation mm-hmm. error.
1: Like the fake operation is in Sicily, gets like uh, misinterpreted as like the not fake invasion <laughs> will be taking place at Sicily, and they're just like, oh, no, why did we even mention Sicily? <laughs> So when they created uh, this fake acting Major Williams's new identity, they filled his pockets with stuff that is called like what uh, deliberately for this like creating this backstory. So it's not just like wow, how convenient that this body just washed up shore with nothing on them but all these military plans. Like <laughs> man, talk about convenient is that it is called pocket litter. Mm. It's just stuff that they line their pockets with. So. There are all these, like, um, they took a picture of someone who worked at, um, MI5 and took the picture as his fiance. They put a receipt for, like, an engagement ring and, like, uh, another receipt for an overdraft notice from his bank. <laughs> 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 he ruined himself <laughs> to propose. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <So. laughs> uh, yeah. And, like, a letter, uh, from this fake, uh, person's father, um... And they had, uh...
2: had so much to live for. He <laughs> couldn't s- have died on purpose
1: with it. <laughs> and so much debt. Except that overdraft. I don't know, maybe he was looking for a way out. I think this was a suicide. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna
0: propose, then throw himself
1: to his death. <laughs> what a lucky suicide it was. <laughs> well, looks like we got those military plans.
2: Someone write a letter to his fiance. <laughs> Just Tell her what happened. Thanks.
1: Um, but they also had to do uh they wanted to create fake uh officer documents like identification documents, mm-hmm. which of course necessitated a picture. Um would
2: a Welsh man ever be promoted to such a high thing?
1: Well, mm-hmm. acting Major Williams Martin certainly would. <laughs> so I I uh, I guess
2: I don't know what Welsh Welsh people look different than Welsh British people, people. Don't look
0: different from British people. Well, I mean, they look Welsh, but not like. Yeah, I mean it's a. It's not like super. Like it's it's a small island where people have been. You know I don't know For millennia I don't know Edelman's where It's pretty similar I don't know
2: where Wales
0: is It's, it's Oh Wales is right between England yes. and Scotland Okay As I was saying
2: yeah. that At first I was like I don't know where Welsh is And then my brain was like It's not Welsh It's, it's Wales. Wales Then I was like Wait Jackie You know where Wales is <laughs> <laughs> They
0: live in the sea
2: <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> Could you even really
0: Distinguish Fine
2: what I take <laughs> back my comments I was just they, wondering
0: They sing <laughs> songs To each other Across long distance They eat krill <laughs> they have blow holes on the top of their heads um
2: <laughs> Jonah was
0: swallowed by one
2: how'd getting get uniform that would fit him
1: what? that'd be pretty hmm? yeah, like Spanish just wearing this like beached whale it shows up and it's like nah it's wearing military uniform <laughs> it's one of those wh- those soldiers from Wales <laughs> <laughs> So, go on. Do the autopsy, but no turning him into lamp oil.
0: If you find a little wooden boy in there, his name is Pinocchio, and we'll find his father, whose name is Geppetto.
1: Don't bother interrogating him,
0: though. You'll be able to tell if he's lying, his nose will grow.
1: Anyway. So, so they were going to do this military uh, photos for their IDs, and they determined that just popping this guy out of the freezer and taking a picture was not going to not going to cut it. Yeah, no. So, they got um someone who looked close enough uh that was um I think also part of MI5 um that I don't know how flattered I'd be to say that the way it, it's put was that they found someone who resembled the corpse. <laughs> 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 Took a picture of him, so. Oh. You know this starved person who poisoned himself and has been uh sitting on ice for a few weeks. You kind of look like him. Um, you could pass off for him in a pinch so cool thanks (laughs) super glad to be part of this (laughs) so um they took this picture for the identification and then also realized that they needed um that they were going to um so backpedaling a bit when they were making this identity as this uh captain uh martin or acting uh acting major williams martin um they decided that he needed to be high profile enough that he would be entrusted with documents, um, but that he would not um be so high ranking that he would have shown up anywhere or like been recognizable or like have anyone be like, No, this isn't the guy. So that's why they chose like uh Williams Martin because several people uh in the military had that name, so it was a common name. That B, he would be able to have these documents on him without being like, wow, this is like really a high profile guy. This is suspicious. And three, when the coroner was like looking at the body, he was like, I don't know. Like this physique is not, I guess he meant in the how heavy he was or like how thin he was was not like. Uh, would not match up with a higher-ranking military official. I guess he was implying that they had a little bit more baggage on him than this guy had, so... They had some junk in their, in their truck. <laughs> yep. So they... Um, yeah, so that's why they created this backstory of him as kind of like a... Uh, more like a commander's, like, aide or something, which would still be, like, a captain level. Um, and so um, they also had... They got him a uniform, but they had... I don't know if it was... A, I don't think it was the same person who resembled the guy but they had uh, someone else at mi5 uh wear the marine outfit around without like washing it for just three weeks or so just to get it like look like it was worn and not like a fresh unworn one Um, they had another guy took the freshly made ID and just rubbed it. I don't know how, they didn't say how long, but they said he had to rub it on his pants, um, (laughs) to give it a worn look. So he just spent weeks, like, just rubbing this ID just on his trousers. Grandpa,
2: what did you do in the war?
1: Well, I'll I'll tell you there,
0: boy. I, I rubbed a bunch of things on my trousers. Rubbed and rubbed and rubbed for the war effort. I rubbed one out for Britain.
1: Ew <laughs> Ew, Grandpa, that's gross. Have, was some, a rock. have some lettuce. Yeah, what humor does rat poison balance out? Uh
0: sanguine. Not gonna feel be feeling too optimistic when you're full of rat poison.
1: Yeah. Now I'm sad that I asked. Um so they decided so uh they had the documents made, the corpse was was good and wasn't too decomposed. Apparently the feet had frozen, so they had a thaw out a bit before they put the they boots on to but... chop
0: off the feet
1: well they couldn't uh they couldn't keep them frozen because it would have shown up too easily on an autopsy i guess like cells would have like burst or whatever happens to the the water in the body but um they so they had the uniform ready they had the pocket filler they had the briefcase full of military plans they had this tragic backstory of, of a fiance waiting back home probably getting slammed with overdraft fees <laughs> um and they were going to drop uh the uh corpse off originally they were planning on doing it by uh trying to simulate uh, an airplane crash but they thought it would drag too much attention so they were going to try to do it with like flares and they're like eh, i don't know about this so they this dead man washed ashore with his pockets full of activated flares <laughs> so they um <laughs> <laughs> um, so they decided to, uh, drop them off, uh, or drop, uh, the body off via submarine. So a submarine went along the coast and got, uh, fired upon, um, that did not have the level of detail for me to really grasp how they thought that this was like one person got killed on a submarine. I don't know why they, why this happened to work out, but they pretty much had a submarine draw fire down the, Uh, the coast for a bit and then they uh just had the um so they put the body in a canister of dry ice because apparently that sucks away oxygen uh releases a lot of carbon dioxide so it wouldn't deteriorate so they got this canister popped it open they threw the body in the water and the uh submarine propelling away from the area actually pushed the body towards the shore and then the submarine went out a little bit further out, threw the coffin into the water, tried to shoot it with machine gun fire so it would sink and that didn't work, so they had to throw plastic explosive on it to to cover up. I don't know why they didn't Why did take they just it. take it with them? I don't know. I don't know. That seems like it was an unnecessary I think they thing. were just like really bored. Like
0: or or venting, like was... a lot of frustration of having to bring a dead body with them and get
1: shot at <laughs>
2: be so like we're never doing this again. Destroy the container.
1: <laughs> um so uh the Spanish uh found the body. There was a f- fisherman saw the body, alerted the government, and so um apparently because Spain was neutral, they had um they had uh da-da-da.
2: did they have to return the body to Britain?
1: So yes, all right, so they they took the body and they were going to perform the autopsy. Uh because Spain was neutral, they had um, there were members of German intelligence there. There was also a uh a naval judge working for Britain who was in on the plan, um, who let the uh the British know that the Spaniards had found the body. He also played a part in that he uh because it was determined to be a naval officer, it was going and he was made aware of it, and so the body was going to be returned, um, but they first did the autopsy, in which it was cut short because this um, this naval judge, uh, Hazelden... Um,
2: Nothing interesting in the feet. Just stop.
1: No, li- <laughs> yeah, literally just... <laughs> Said that because of the heat of the day and the smell of the corpse, that the doctor should just uh, wrap it up and just not do any further autopsy, which I guess they were totally fine with. And they are like,
0: Yeah, any, any excuse to stop smelling this awful smell?
1: <laughs> I got nothing to see here. Oh. Dump some like smelly spices on the corpse. Oh, it smells terrible. These sanguine types am i right <laughs> full of blood <laughs> oh there it goes um and so the uh so the body was um was actually buried with full military honors in um actually i guess it was buried in spain um body was really uh, yeah no it was actually yeah body was buried in spain with full military honors. so that, awfully decent of them yeah Yeah. or mean because he still had his fiance for as far as they knew like maybe a little bit cruel but um he probably
2: had more important stuff going on yeah
1: like the war (laughs) yeah um but the uh so spain kept possession of the documents though um and at first they were not going to hand them over to the germans um but then the uh they got uh, a high-ranking official to um Personally intervene and make sure that the documents made their way to uh, the Germans. So they popped this open, they sifted through the documents, and they handed it off to um, the higher ups in German intelligence. And based on um, code breaking some of the German transmissions, the British knew that the Germans had found the information, thought it was real, and had submitted it over. And so they were probably proudly patting themselves on the back and dipping into some nice mince meat pies,
2: but did it did it work yeah. the invasion of
1: yes, it did um pies. yeah, uh so Hitler um ordered uh, Mussolini to move troops over to cover uh Greece at all costs, and um when the Sicily invasion began it was um it's not to say that the Sicily invasion wouldn't have worked anyway um it seems like the uh Italian army at this point was borderline not deserting but they were kind of like very um demoralized they needed more pepper in their diet
0: uh to get more irritable
1: no wait what's the one for optimism
0: oh uh chicken
1: chicken they needed more chicken in their diets to get uh to really turn the tide of battle but no troops no chickens <laughs> real easy military victory for the allied troops and um You know after that not um partially as a result of that but not like certainly it's not like operation mincemeat was a a deciding factor for anything but it did kind of push it towards uh, because of that battle of sicily uh mussolini um was removed as prime minister he was imprisoned the italian armed forces uh changed over so it was a pretty uh influential part of the war that operation mincemeat played its very small, delicious part in.
2: Mm. Mm. That's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was just a just a kooky old use of a of a body in the streets.
0: It was a real weekend of Bernie situation. Mm-hmm. Kind of was. Yeah. Except instead of putting sunglasses on a corpse and dancing him around to make it so that you can have a fun weekend at his pool house, and uh, instead it was putting a military uniform on him and. Filling his pockets full of falsified military documents so that Hoping the
2: Spanish don't notice he's a whale. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Just imagine like 20 people on the submarine just dragging this giant whale in a uniform. Like, oh, Jesus. They're gonna buy it. Or it's like, hey, God, hey. It's like, hey. Mi Five, we need to make this uniform look like it's been worn, and they just throw it on one guy who's just like spends a week just being like. Ugh, they take it's... a picture of the one guy. Hey, you look like you could pass for a dead whale.
2: <laughs> just like seven <laughs> guys in this one uniform, just like oh, <laughs> the one in the middle has to pee
1: again. Is there a talent show we could all play a long harmonica at? <laughs> I'm really liking these uh these military strategies of just conf- confunding the enemy with um...
0: just doing some really puzzling bullshit
1: yeah Yeah. I mean as impressive as like last week with the ghost army with um, you know all the inflatable tanks and whole theater troops like look at what just one body just one body dressed up in a military uniform a giant oversized 40 foot long military (laughs) uniform could do you had room for so many military documents
2: so much pocket filler (laughs)
1: letter from the soldier's father that just says
2: Uh,
1: an engagement ring the
0: size of a (laughs) lifesaver
1: and uh, a military a giant military grave in Spain (laughs) just a hill with a whale oil lamp burning 24 hours a day uh,
0: with uh, what you call it um, not a cable a pump going straight into the ground, pumping that oil out of that whale.
1: Oh. An autopsy report that's just like, wow, this whale drowned. <laughs> but how? Question mark. I don't think we can get say, I don't think we could just dump this whale out of a plane.
0: <laughs> this is so heavy.
1: <laughs> how would it get in the plane in the first place? We need to operation Dumbo drop this whale. <laughs> they toss the body ashore and then they have like a two-fighter plane that goes down like nearby and they're like, <laughs> they compared to the skeleton, it's like, do you think he would have fit in there? <laughs> he had to. Look, he's wearing a little pilot's hat. He was so brave.
0: <laughs> so, I think it's time for everyone's favorite segment. What if they met? What if they met? What if they met? Yes, what if they met? Let's find two things that could have met. Yes, what if they met? It's not as obvious in these two stories as it usually is, but what if they met? What if they met? Yes, what, 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 what if they met? What if they met?
1: I don't know if anyone could meet this Glindweer guy as his role is in the story, because he'd just be dead. Yeah, I mean, he didn't really do anything in this, so... I guess the MI5 agents that were behind plotting this out would be the people And yeah. What if They Met. <laughs> okay.
0: So what if these MI5 agents...
1: I like to think they would come up with an elaborate ruse and backstory for the people that they were curing of their humors. Because, like, all the humor stuff is made up, too, just like this whole guy's life. They would have been great
0: at it. Uh, well, I want you to be a phlegmatic person. So let's say that you're. that you, uh. see here. You eat a lot of fish. How's that going? Yeah, great, great, great. Okay, next question. And you live in a cold climate and get rain down all the time. All right, more phlegm, more
1: phlegm. Now we can go. <laughs> what do you think a whale's humor is? Melancholic. Oh, that's true. They are kind of. Yeah, the whales are naturally sad. Yeah.
0: Need to feed them a bunch of pepper. <laughs>
2: What if the last badger, badger met the uh, MI5 people?
0: The last remaining badger on Earth? Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, they'd they'd want to use it for some kind of military operation, obviously. So they'd probably dress it up in little military fatigues and pretend it's a short, hairy officer.
1: Oh, that's sad. That's like the Hartlepool monkey, though. Uh, yeah, but this time the badger's alive. <laughs> yeah, the monkey was, too. Oh, my God, it was.
2: I was <laughs> hoping it would be a little more uplifting. Like, they... They gave him a new identity so he could start life over as an animal that's similar to a badger, but it's not a badger. <laughs>
1: like a panda bear.
2: Sure. He's bag- got a
1: wallet with like a picture of a female like, panda bear.
0: I've <laughs> said this before. Band- badgers and pandas are more closely related than than pandas and grizzlies.
2: I mean, that's fine. Yeah. But we could pick one that's even closer. A
0: red panda.
2: Does it look like a badger, though?
0: not
1: really. Look well, like
2: one that looks like a badger to make What this Wolverine? a
1: Wolverine? Wolverines are like, like a pretty, much the same thing. pretty much the same thing. What about those giant uh, fisher weasels? Fisher cats? Are they called fisher cats? They're called fisher cats, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, They're like, like a giant like
0: badger 3 thing. foot weasel. So we say it's a really like diseased fisher cat.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The runt of the litter.
0: Yeah. So we would use the badger as a false flag operation against the country yeah so germany because jerry no ducks on yeah like a, little, like a
1: badger spy and he's got this document so you see this little like dots and <laughs> puppy just like look really closely at it and kind of like run his like claw but he can't like he he can only he has to run all five claws across the badges if he's looking at something really closely <laughs> he's got his little tiny like and the duckson's like
0: this says here your uh Fisher cat And the badger looks like from side to side real quick. Yes. (laughs) I'm a Fisher cat. <laughs> okay. And we zoom out. we see it's like a human checkpoint behind them, but like it's like a little tiny miniature <laughs> checkpoint next to the human checkpoint. There's like a human spy going through above, and like, they're just, just talking in little grunts and barks. And the little
1: dog runs around, like trots around on his little paws all the way back around the car so he can open the gate. He presses it with his nose, and it slides up. <laughs> and, and, the and the badger, badger just... walks
0: through. Like, takes off his hat and wipes his little badger forehead and puts it back on, <laughs> and then just burrows it into the earth. <laughs> uh.
1: That'd be so cute.
0: <laughs> well, that's going to do it for us this week. Um, once again, we are Anachronismo. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at, at a- a- anacpodcast, uh, A-N-A-C podcast. Yeah, email us on Gmail. And uh, if you like the show, please leave us a review on iTunes or Podbean or Stitcher or wherever, because it really helps us find new listeners uh and we would you know just love to hear your thoughts and it'll make us like smile a whole bunch we'll see you next time here on
1: anachronismo Anachronismo. hey max you know What do you call a Greek person uh, with a good sense of humor? What? A doctor. (laughs) Uh, Boo. (laughs)